Welcome to Cats by 90, a podcast dedicated to you, the Big Blue Nation, basketball, football, and the latest recruiting news. If it's Kentucky sports, then it's here on Cats by 90. Now, from SB Nation's A Sea of Blue, your hosts, Big Blue Drew and Aaron Gershon. Welcome to episode three of SB Nation's A Sea of Blue, Cats by 90. Drew Brown and Aaron Gershon on kind of a a rare late night game day episode. Um, Aaron, I know you've had a long day. I have as well. Did you uh, make it out of Kroger Field, my man? I I had a great time, man. You know, I was actually, we'll get into the game in a minute, but first of all, it was just good to be back. I mean, it's it, it was it was just good to be back have some football you know not just a spring game have bodies flying around and um i thought better crowd than i expected pretty good student section um and there's i mean there's definitely a lot to clean up but a lot to like as well yeah my hopes with kind of this quick pod so what it's a saturday night nine forty-five at night um so kentucky beats toledo today 38 to 24 and kind of I guess a game that we all kind of kind of expected it to go that way maybe let me let me slow for a second on big blue insider my prediction was 38 28 so I was pretty dang close I want to I got to gloat real quick sorry to cut you off (laughs) no that's understandable well done but I was just kind of getting at is you know I think by now most of the listeners have probably already heard kind of the the takes of the game they watched the game they did all that so uh, my hope was maybe we could provide a little just insight, sights and sound with boots on the ground at Kroger Field and, you know, maybe just look ahead a little bit to Eastern Michigan. But before we do that, though, Aaron, I did want to shout out. So um, Cats by 90, we did do our first ticket giveaway. And um, Ryan Surgent, if you got on the page, he went to the game. Looks like he took his girl. They had a good time. They overcame the heat. It, it was, was extremely hot. Um, but shout out to him because he repped the BB and well on a, on a really warm day. But um. Even before that, though, Aaron, so I feel like we, we got to give some insight just kind of on where the Cats by 90 crew's at right now because I know you had a long day. You basically put in a 10, 10-hour 10 day at the field, and then I'm on about – so it's almost 10. So I'm getting up at 3 a.m. Right. driving to Cincinnati um, for my fantasy football draft in Florida. I think I mentioned that last week. So some hardcore uh, football dedication. To fly into a hurricane for you, man. How's the forecast yeah. looking where you're going? So it's looking good, man. We're out of the cone, so that's kind of what I was looking for. I think it's going to miss the the east coast of Florida. Right. to be down south, um, closer to Naples on the west coast. So play ball, man. We're going. I'm flying in, flying in um, early. I'll be there early Sunday morning, leaving early Monday morning. Business trip, just getting my draft done. And um, just awesome, though. You mentioned it earlier. Like just football was back. The smell was in the air. The feel was in the air. It was awesome to see you know all of our buddies from the media and just kind of get back into the swing of actual sports. And I was going to ask you that too, Aaron, because you probably would know better than me. Cause I'll be honest. I kind of thought the pregame atmosphere, even with it being a noon game was kind of weak, I guess from a, I know the crowd was yeah. really sparse at first. It filled in. It, it looked like it was going to be yeah. a complete disaster yeah. there about 15 minutes before kickoff. And it did fill in, but I don't know. I, I just didn't feel as strong a buzz as I guess I was yeah, anticipating. I, I think um, my expectations were high for a while, but then, you know, the KSR report came out a little earlier when they dug up saying it wasn't going to be a sellout. And then you had Mark Stoops make the comment on Thursday, his presser, that um, he was a little disappointed. And that, to me, I kind of lowered the expectations. And then I don't know if you made the same observation, but walking from the parking lot, um, 
it, it just there wasn't many cars in the lot. I know it was pretty early by the time you and I pulled up, probably in the definitely in the nine o'clock hour for both of us. But um, yeah, it was a little weak at, at toward the beginning of the game, but it did fill in, and you know also. You know, for the people who weren't there, that doesn't mean they're not fans. It's a noon game. It was hot as all hell. Um, for for the yeah, for the it folks of southwestern high. Kentucky <laughs> and eastern Kentucky, I mean, it, you got to get up really early to get on the road and go to this game. So maybe it'll be. I know next week not a great opponent, Eastern Michigan, as you mentioned, but maybe it'll be a little better. But uh, I think all this will be forgotten when they take on Florida in fourteen days. Yeah, and I said all all week or really all month that to me nothing mattered. Just get a win, especially they covered yeah. the spread. Didn't really matter how it looked. Anything there's you know there's time to clean up and kind of everything's just culminating to this collision course with Florida here in a few weeks, and they'll have another chance to tune up with Eastern Michigan. But the heat, man, was something else. I was on the field up until about 15 minutes before kickoff, and I mean, Aaron, <laughs> zero damn breeze. It was blistering right. hot, and it wasn't even noon at that point. So yeah. I did not venture back down there. So I can't even imagine that, you know, 3.30, you know, the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's why you saw a lot was, of guys so. cramp up, too. Then, Lane cramped up. Um, who else went down? Corker cramped up and uh, Bohanna, too. Yeah, yeah, you did definitely notice a lot of players just kind of just in general, just exhausted, I think, towards the end and probably really helped Kentucky now that we're talking about it. I think, you know, because you'd have to assume they have a little bit more depth and, yeah. you know, they're a little bit more physically imposing. So just wearing down a little bit. And to me, the story of the game, I think it could really actually go a lot of places. But I guess we can start with the fact that after the first drive, man, it looked a little shaky. I think the secondary gave up the, the first yeah, time they were tested, right. like a 39-yard pass play. Toledo scored yeah, in the blink of an eye. It's kind of like, oh, shit. Yeah. It, it, settled in. It was absolutely a nerve-wracking start. It looked like it was going to be, you know, a complete and utter disaster, honestly. I didn't really get too worried just because, I mean, it, it was the nerves, first drive of the season. But, yeah, the first Toledo drive was effortless. I mean, under three minutes, they find the end zone. And then, you know, Kentucky goes three and out in really an ugly fashion. You have a false start penalty and all that. but the defense was able to come back and get a stop and it gave the offense time to, you know, get their game going. They, what was great about the defense, I thought in the first half and the second half, it was obviously almost all good. But in the first half is they kind of, they bended, but they didn't break. They never let their offense fall behind by two possessions. They never, they kept it within one possession, the whole game. Um, they got the stops when they needed to at oftentimes Toledo was able to get over the 50 yard line, but Kentucky was able to keep them out of field goal range and, that first half and I thought you know what for a young secondary um pretty young defense as a whole I thought that was pretty dang impressive I mean you could make a legitimate argument that the MVP of Kentucky's first yeah. game was Max Duffy the punter yeah I mean he was just 52 yards oh, yeah. per punt on six punts and it's not like two what, what amazed me Aaron it wasn't like you know, he just had one crazy bouncer go 68 yards to kind of skew that stat. I mean, he was booting at 50 yards time after time after time. And that field, it was kind of, even though there was a pretty high scoring game, you know, 38 to 24, it really was a game of field position because Toledo was pinning Kentucky too. But I think without Max Duffy's effort mm -hmm. and then Chance Poor too, you know, connected on a 46 yard field goal, Absolutely. could have been a totally different game. Oh so, my God, um, Max big Duffy, shout out to yeah, the special teams. He was the runner-up for the MVP of the game. You probably already know who I'm talking about. We'll get to him later. But, um, yeah, Duffy was phenomenal. You can't say more than – yeah, I mean, it was just unbelievable. He flipped the field position every time. 
And that's huge. And that takes so much pressure off a young secondary. That's just, they could use every advantage they can get. They need as much green behind them as possible. And he was able to provide that in really impressive fashion. And it, it was a huge factor uh, today, for sure. No doubt. We definitely jumped the gun a little bit there on the MVP talks, though, Aaron. As, as great as Max Duffy was pinning Toledo, you know, inside the 20 so many times, um, DeAndre Square was the best player on the football field today. He was just an absolute monster. I mean, watching him from the press box just cover sideline to sideline was impressive. I think he had 11 tackles, and I'm sure yes. that he had 11 tackles with like 13 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. I mean, he just did so <laughs> much damage. Yeah, he was unbelievable today. He really was. And um, Josh Moore of the Herald Leader is a great guy, by the way. I don't know if you've met him yet, but um, he's the new Jen Smith of the Herald Leader, uh, okay, the Kentucky okay. beat writer. But anyway, he put out a tweet saying, I want to say that DeAndre had 15 tackles all of last year. And he had, yeah, so this is saying nine total tackles today. I thought I thought he had 11, but I'm pretty sure it was 11. And- yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, his progression has kind of been naturally going that way because he gets his first yeah. start last year in the Citrus Bowl. And it's right. just – I wrote a profile on him this summer, and it was just – I mean, all, all signs were pointing to him having a big year. And I think if, you know, game one's any indication, he's going to be the anchor of that defense, even with some of the, the talent that they have because, I mean, he just has a nose for the ball. His helmet is on the football every play, it seems like. Yeah, you're right. 11 total tackles, seven solos, a half a sack, half a tackle and a half for a loss. And, oh, yeah, he had an interception. That was unbelievable, too. I mean, he tipped uh-huh. it and was able to bring it back in. Amazing concentration. Um, yeah, I mean, you know what? Josh Allen is not replaceable, and obviously the square plays a different position. But what you can find is a new leader on the defense. And, you know, there's a lot of question marks. Who's that going to be this year? And, you know, a lot of people thought it was going to be Devontae Robinson, not just in the secondary, but really as the, in the defense as a whole. I mean, outside of Cash Daniel, that is. We all know he's a great leader, but kind of need just kind of that playmaker because as good as cash is he's more a you know go out and do his thing he's not a flashy playmaker like josh allen was and uh, i think today we learned deandre square uh surely has some potential to be just that yeah and then the secondary held up man you know they did what they, they were supposed to do that that first drive looked a little worrisome and then i think you know they ended up i think holding them around 160 180 yards passing so um, the quarterback was getting loose a little bit. That's something they'll probably have to tighten up, um, just kind of locating the quarterback when he's scrambling. But overall, I mean, you can't really complain with all the question marks that came in. Brandon Echols played great. I Unbelievable. Think that's a player that you're probably going to you know, see getting a lot more opportunities. Yeah, now. he he definitely took uh, – Jamari Brown, he definitely took his job. I mean, no doubt about it. Jamari uh, was getting burnt a lot. And <laughs> I, 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 sh- I don't know if I shared this on here, but – Jamari made a really bold statement saying that they were going to um, hold Toledo under 50 yards and not allow them to score. Uh, you, you just can't mm. say that. And you know what? To their credit, no passing touchdowns from Toledo today. Yep. But, um, yeah, you just can't say that. And he didn't really – you know, if you talk the talk and walk the walk, that's one thing, and he didn't do that. But Brandon, wow, he was outstanding, really outstanding, and they needed someone to emerge. And I thought Cedric Dora on the other side – played a pretty good game too he had a really nice pass breakup on one that i thought was a easy completion and he just kind of faded back in, in coverage and made a really nice play so um overall you got to be pretty happy with this secondary for their first game against a really good offense in toledo and you know they were able to hold their ground for the most part um uh, definitely enough to get the win obviously <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, it, it was pretty much best case scenario from a defensive perspective. And yeah. I don't think there'll be any, anyone upset with that performance coming off all the, the questions that, that, you know, remain this summer. But then offensively, too, man, I mean, you could kind of go either way. You could say Lynn Bowden didn't play great. He fumbled the ball. Chris Rodriguez had two fumbles. One was just awful. Yeah. Kentucky has a, a 97. Yeah, how about this, too, Aaron, for their – for the first points of the 2019 season, <laughs> I know. Kentucky has a 97-yard drive and a, a yeah. fumble recovery so I, end zone. I, for I, a I, I asked Justin Rigg after the game. I said, "Is that?" I, my question was, "Is that how you drew up the, your first?" Uh, I uh, believe that was his first career touchdown. And I, I would think so. I, yeah. I, yeah, I didn't phrase it like that. I phrased it: "Is that how you draw? How you drew up the first touchdown this season?" He's like, he kind of just laughed. He's like, "I'll have a better one, but I'll take it." But uh, yeah, no, that was something else. To, I and you know, looking at the replay, I'm still kind of confused. It kind of looks like he broke the plane, but still, in the stats, it counts as a fumble, and he had a couple of those today. And Lynn had a fumble, and like you said, you know, Lynn Bowden didn't have his best game, but he still was able to bring in 77 yards receiving. It exactly one hell of a catch too, um, and a couple of plays in traffic. So he still found a way to affect the game. He obviously did have the fumble. Um, Coach Stoops said after the game. I don't know if you remember the punt return where he kind of just looked lost. He said um, yeah. he said he didn't want to make an excuse for Lynn, but he Lynn was dealing with some dehydration when that happened, so he thinks he was a little disoriented. Um, again, he said he made sure he he said it multiple times, not making an excuse, but maybe that was part of it. Um, but Lynn, you know, Lynn is such a good player that despite not being on his game today, he still found a way to affect the game in a positive way. I did hear Stoops in the in the post game. Um, he was not happy with ball security. I think no. specifically at Chris Rodriguez. No. He mentioned he mentioned you know multiple times a player fumbling the ball twice. So yeah. that's tough for him too because I think you know he's supposed to be that kind of in the trenches running back, and um, he's gonna have to kind of prove that he's he's not gonna fumble the ball again. But that's kind of so we kind of hit on some stuff, some of the uh, left to be desired type things. But then you look at you break it down. Terry Wilson didn't have any turnovers. He threw for four, um, the offense at 422 yards, 20 first downs, put yep. 38 points on the board, and, and they definitely by no means were clicking on all cylinders. I thought the most impressive thing is two of their touchdown drives were 90 plus yard drives. You had the 97 the 97 yard drive to take you out of the seven nothing hole, which I thought was unbelievably impressive. And then I believe they had a 92 yard drive, so some really impressive drives and. I asked Mark Stoops after the game about the running back trio as a whole. And like you mentioned, he wasn't happy. And I think mainly that anger was at Chris Rodriguez, but he's not going to, he's not going to go out there and, you know, roast a guy in front of the media, but Cavosier smoke. Wow. I mean, that 40 yard touchdown, pretty electric. He finishes as the leading rusher, seven seventy eight. Um, AJ Rose, 16 for 64 and a touchdown. And Terry, Ro Terry Wilson, by the way, he had to do it all with his arm today. Do you know how many yards he had on the ground today? One. Uh, oh wow! So not much. So it was all, it was all his arm today. Two hundred forty-six yards for him. So um, I noticed multiple times though. We talked about it a little bit that um, you know, you were watching Terry Wilson go through one progression, yes, two progression before ultimately making a decision. And usually it was the right decision. He had a couple overthrows, but you know that's what you want to see from. You know, a still relatively young quarterback like Terry Wilson is not turning the ball over. And if, you know, if, you're, if your offensive player is not going to catch it, don't let the defense catch it. Yeah. So, again, I thought he – nothing but really positive things you can say about him because I think with Terry, you know, it's always going to be determined by is he turning the ball sure. over or not. And there was so many times, too, Aaron, where, like, 
up at press box level where you could just see AJ Rose. I mean, he just needs, man, just a hairline and he's gone. And there was a few times when he just had half a tackle to beat or he would have broke a big run. So I expect this week, um, and definitely in the coming weeks for, for AJ Rose to bust a long run for a touchdown, probably like 50 plus Absolutely. yards. For sure. He still got one today. And, um, yeah, Terry, like you mentioned, especially in the second half, he did a good job of just getting rid of the ones that, uh, no one was open the first half. There were a couple of close calls, but, uh, overall, I was, I was pretty happy with him today. And I was also really happy with, uh, the receivers not named Lynn Bowden, Bryce Oliver, a hell of a catch in the end zone. Uh, a mod, a mod, I draw pass interference, Wagner. Oh my gosh. Can we please talk oh about that? How is this, God. how is this even possible? He actually had today more receptions than pass Only interference calls, which Only is not typical, one. but it's, I mean, it's bizarre, I man. Guess. And it's like, I have to go back and watch some replays of that and see if like he runs back into the defender, or if it's just that he's just that big and they can't, you know, they can't do anything but, but interfere with him. But it, I mean, it's utterly amazing at this it, point. It really is. And he's such a mashup nightmare. And he plays, remember, he's an ex basketball player at Iowa. Oh, yeah. So he plays aggressive and he's tough. And, you know, people are just trying to yank at him. And, you know, every single call he's drawn is pretty like an accurate call. It's not even a questionable call. And by the way, notice how we didn't have to talk much about the rest. I thought the rest had a pretty damn good game. I mean, man, that was a great yeah. point. I, I know I don't I don't ever, especially ba- basketball is obviously yeah. the worst. But yeah, that's a really good point. I, other than uh, well, I guess the, the only point of contention might Oates. be. Um, and I heard yeah, is the, is the Chris Oates ejection? Right. I looked at the highlight multiple. I think they got it right. I said I said live and initial on the replay that you know by the definition of targeting that I agree yeah. that I thought it was targeting and it sucks. Do you know if that's reviewable or is he automatically well, going to be out? All- for the first yeah, half, he's next automatically week. out. So they review the play after every targeting. They review the play, and if it's confirmed, it's final. So he's out for the first half next week, which you know, gotcha, not a, okay. So there's no review after the on-field right, review. Yeah, then. so he's host for the first half. Right, damn. But you know what? It, it'll be. He had a good. I thought he had a pretty good game until then, by the way. But um, I think he'll. It'll be fine. You know, and the reason they didn't call, which I at first I was like, oh boy. Uh, I don't know if you remember the Jamon Davis one where they called a face mask, but they didn't call him for targeting at the end when he kind of slashed through the middle for that sack toward the end of the game. Um, They didn't call targeting, and I thought that was a good call too because he had his arms wrapped. So, you know, (laughs) you know, I like to – my dad's – one of my dad's best friends is an MLB umpire, so whenever officials have good games, I want to give them credit, and they had a good game. Didn't affect the game at all. Yeah, well, you're spot on with your analysis because when you ask them, like when you don't remember talking about them, that's exactly yeah, that's you know, when you know. an umpire's job is to not know and you'll blend in. So good point. Great stuff there. But um, really cool. Just in general, I said I can just hear the excitement in our voice. And it's so nice just for football yeah. to be back, even though it's been the most garbage day of football. And oh, what no, is going need, on with well, the freaking yeah, SEC gonna, East? Dude, they're well, getting embarrassed. Uh, are you watching? Are you following the Missouri Tigers right now? No, I didn't even watch in that one. Third quarter, four minutes to go in the third. Wyoming 34, Mizzou 17. Oh my, you know, I thought that when I was driving home, I heard that they were, I found it kind of unique that they traveled to Wyoming yeah, for their season that was something else. I think it's, I think. It's oh my gosh, this is getting ridiculous then. So, um, did you see? So, absolutely hilarious. If, if any of the listeners or you haven't, um, heard about this yet, Aaron, but did you see where the University of Tennessee Twitter account, just pretty much was like live tweeting the whole game, and then just when they when it started looking bleak, they just totally stopped uh, and started ghosting. So they're absolutely getting torched online that, now. 
their last tweet was like when Tennessee was up three and they haven't tweeted since. I mean, yeah, I see that right now. You know, you want to see the SEC do well, but this is good for UK because, I mean, who, who, I mean, Georgia's going to win the division. I think we agree. I think the whole world knows it, but UK has a really damn good chance of coming second again. I really think that's going to be between them and the Gators at this point. I've been stuck between Mizzou, but man, they don't look good. And you know what? Mississippi State, they who we play, obviously, they didn't look good either. They only won by 10 against Louisiana Lafayette. And on the other side of the SEC, you know, the SEC as a whole, Auburn's getting pounded right now. Uh, Old Miss, they put up. Alabama even struggled. Yeah. Alabama was, first you know, half. I think it was zero to zero at the end of the first yeah. quarter there, and so it's been a wild day. What about, about another Miss, kind of funny Ole story? Miss was down thirteen nothing all game. <laughs> they lost to Memphis football, not basketball, fifteen yep. ten. Yep, I saw that too. Yeah, it's been an ugly day for the SEC. But um, did you happen to see like the video or the pictures of um this? Vanderbilt Stadium playing Georgia tonight. Have you seen this? It's I, I, it's the most unbelievable yeah. thing ever. It has to be ninety five percent Georgia fans, and it's like eighty percent capacity. It's it's incredible to see the video. Yeah, it, it's kind of pathetic, and uh, uh, <laughs> that's how it is whenever UK plays there. But Georgia, I mean, obviously they're a football school first, and their fan. It's not a far ride, and man, that sucks for Vanderbilt. It's a bad look. It really is a bad look. So just an absolutely wild day in college football, specifically the SEC and more specifically the SEC East. So bodes well for Kentucky long term. You know, I think I'd rather have the league doing well, but at the same time, if everybody but Georgia sucks, that's going to be better for <laughs> Kentucky and, and, you know, in the, the long haul. So great to have college football back, man. Cats by 90 podcast was getting tons of love at Kroger Field today. So I appreciate everybody. It was great seeing, um, you know, absolutely. people from the media, friends, all fans. Ryan Sargent, congratulations on um, going to the game. And also some cool stuff coming up. I finally got another verbal confirmation, so we will hopefully be able to get the guys from Kentucky Roll Call, Nick Roush and TJ Walker, on for a little behind-the-scenes. Um, you know, just look at the media in general and those two guys. I think they're people that, you know, pretty much everyone um, in the BBN follows and stuff. So I'm, I'm really pumped about that. It was just great to have some football back. And um, Eastern Michigan, man, I don't want to really get into the preview because we'll do that this week. but that's going to be a, a, you know, they're going to have to play too. I don't know if you saw him, but today their yeah. quarterback, uh, Mike Glass the third went 20 for 22 for 188 and three touchdowns. Their defense had four interceptions and they got off to a slow start as well, but ended up beating Coastal Carolina. So um, second week in a row, Kentucky will have a MAC op- opponent. So they'll have to bring it again. And yeah. I'm hyped for some football and I look forward to uh, seeing you next week. Yes, uh, absolutely. And uh, yeah, ne- real quick on next week, I mean, they just can't look ahead to Florida yet. They got to focus one week at a time. And if they do that, they're going to beat them. I agree. I agree. All right, Aaron. Well, I know you're tired, man. You put a long day in, so get some rest. And uh, yeah, God bless absolutely. my fantasy draft tomorrow. And I will talk to you yeah, soon. Be, be safe, man. Be we'll safe do. in there. And everybody give uh, Cats by 90 a follow at Cats by 90. Drew Brown and Aaron Gershon signing off. We will talk to everyone soon. Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow Cats by 90 on Twitter at Cats by 90. You can also follow Aaron and Drew at agershon 99 and at BigBlueDrew33. And remember, no matter the opponent, it's always Cats by 90.